0: The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Brady's Herkman uh, His Highness the Jackal.
1: The Jackal?
2: I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Brazil.
3: <laughs> yes, allow me to puff as well. Hmm.
1: Uh, uh, Those are some powerful herbs, <laughs> giving me dark visions. Sh- shall we pack this again? I- I'm not getting visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it. Oh. Visions. Oh. Visions. That is. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> I Think Jacko's a uh, ripino? I'm not sure,
4: but he'll give it to you. Too. Hold on one second here.
1: The Jacko.
4: Welcome, one. Welcome, all. Welcome, friends. Welcome, foes to another beautiful, lovely episode right here inside the Jackal's Head live. As usual, this is the one and only Angel Espino, and I want to thank all my friends and listeners again for uh, being here with me tonight on this beautiful May 13, 2021. We're uh, simulcasting right now all over the internet from YouTube to DLive To SoFlo Radio, to PSN TV, and PSN Radio. And uh, hopefully everybody can hear me nice and clear. Guys, I hope everybody's having a good evening, enjoying themselves, as I have uh, been enjoying myself tonight. We're going to get to some news and stuff a little bit later. I do want to say that I have a fantastic uh, show for you tonight. And I know I normally say that, I I get it, I say that often, sometimes I mean it, sometimes uh, I, 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 I want to mean it, but you know, some guests kind of leave you uh, hanging a little bit, but no, tonight we genuinely have a great, great show. I got the dynamic duel of Zen in the car with me tonight, that's right. Daniel and Dylan are going to join me in the uh, next about uh, 30 minutes or so here for the uh, next segment of Inside the Jackal's Head. And uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun talking about, of course, what they've been up to since last time we spoke to them. And uh, we're going to get an update from uh, their perspective on how the world has turned in the, the last five months. It's been kind of a kooky, spooky place, if you know what I mean. Uh, This is uh, Joe Biden's America, his utopia. And uh, everything going uh, now here forward is all on you, Joe. And uh, we're going to get to a couple stories that have to to do with that directly. Uh, Also, uh, I have a a couple of videos here for our video watchers, um, which I'm going to get to in a minute here. A UFO video, actually, that just came across uh, my desk earlier. And uh, this is a very, very uh, interesting piece of video here. And I wanted to play that. And uh, my goodness, I mean, this is uh, pretty legit looking. Let's just say, uh, man, uh, you know, look, as you guys uh, who have been listening for a long time know, I've been, uh, you know, uh, in the whole UFO stuff, into the UFO stuff for a long time. And uh did Skywatchers Radio for years, obviously, feature theater with Bill and Nancy. Uh, you know, the, the whole UFO subject is right in my league, right? And uh, with Skywatchers Radio, I did what, you know, we, we had to do. We went out and skywatched. And I seen a lot of stuff in the skies, we did uh, satellite tracking, the whole nine yards. You know, because you want to make sure you're not looking at a satellite like a jackass. You know, you just, you don't want to do that. So you you got to make sure that what you're telling the, the people is accurate information, right? Because people depend on what you're telling them. And that's uh, a, a little known fact that if, you're not giving out accurate information then you're just a two-faced liar. Or as uh, Joe Biden would put it, a pony horse face liar or something or other. I mean, you, you 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 know the thing. You you know the thing. Right? Anyway, if you don't know the thing by now, I don't know what you were doing last year, but uh I've seen, like I said, a lot of footage, a lot of pictures. And you can easily tell a lot of times what's doctored and what's not. And the one I'm going to play in a little bit here looks very much like the real thing. So I got that. I got a couple of news reports that I wanted to get to with uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe. One of them is, is Everything Racist. For everyday things, the Biden administration presents as racist, and this is a good uh, article. This was on the DailyWire.com, and if you guys haven't uh, checked out that website, I highly recommend it. It's a really great website. I'm only going to read a little bit, and we're going to get into like the topic itself. Um, but you know, there's uh, a lot of a lot of things that. Uh, Biden does, which is kind of like bizarre, right and uh, I've been getting into this conversation with my dad of all things, and uh, we're discussing how with the way things are being ran by this administration, is it possible that and and hear me out that the Biden that we see oftentimes is a double? No, I'm not trying to enter any conspiracy nonsense here. So I don't say, "There you go, angel, conspiracy." Yeah, getting the platforms. No, the folks. That's uh, you know, I'm not trying to get something started here, but I, I have seen uh, a lot of uh, chatter online. I'll leave it at that, where people are legitimately putting a case uh, for them using a double and I do remember uh, there was a lot of that talk back in uh, 2015, 2016 when Hillary was running and uh, there was a couple times that really legitimately looked like she was using a body double so who's not to say that uh, that Joe often times when you see him is not using a body double and I still say that some of the pictures also that we've seen recently, like the one with Jimmy Carter and his wife, I mean, I know they tried to come up with some, like, you know, cockamamie, cockamamie, or malarkey excuses as to why that looked like he was five feet taller than Jimmy Carter. My God, that was awful. But uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit, also, that story of uh, Joe Biden. Now, for a quick reference, I had something funny happen to me this week. Uh, A friend of mine uh, and I were talking about uh, old times, you know, and he brought up uh, a cousin of his and uh, somebody that um, was on his Facebook that we used to know 20 years ago. And I I saw the the account, I was like, oh man, wow, we haven't talked to this person in like 20 years. And uh, wow, she's looking great. You know, she has a great. You know, she was a great person back in the day. You know, we had a, a fond, a uh, fond memory of uh, being friends and stuff with her. And uh, it's amazing how twenty years pass, and just, uh, you know, I skimmed through her Facebook, and it's amazing how life, uh, you know, evolves and, and catches up to you. And twenty years just uh, comes and goes, right? And you think about, you know, who you used to be 20 years ago and who you are now. And uh, it's kind of uh, telling because time does pass. And we often look at celebrities or friends or family. And, we you know, we always try to remember them as we remembered them as, you know, 20, 30 years before. And we forget that people do age and we don't see ourselves as aging But we do. I mean, I see myself now, and I'm like, this is a completely different dude. And, like, if I was uh, to see myself 20 years ago, I might not even recognize myself. Like, I might be able to pass right next to myself if I was able to go back in time and uh, just walk right by me, and the younger me would never be like, wow, that's the older me. (laughs) You know, that... That thought will never cross my mind because we look so different and I look so different. And, uh, you know, it's uh, just amazing how time kind of like shows you the evolution of, of humanity and how evolution is real. And we do get older and we do evolve. And eventually, you know, everything that we have, we leave and we become nothing but a memory. And then that memory is forgotten. Unless you leave a mark. A mark in society. Right? Whether it's a good mark or a bad mark. You leave something that people remember you by. And there's been a lot of uh, people that have left. Really bad marks on society. I can name a dozen. Of really bad characters. Hell, I can name about a hundred in Congress right now. That are leaving really bad, bad marks on society. But I don't want to get political on this one. Uh, Let's just say that uh, there's a lot of good and bad in the world, folks. And you got to kind of like swim through the nonsense and uh, just remember that every day you're given is a gift. Every time you take a breath is a gift. That's why this is called the present And I'm not trying to get spiritual or religious with you, but enjoy the moment, folks. Enjoy the moment. Right now in America, we're going through really tough times, politically, economically. And I know for a lot of my friends, their financial uh, wallets are taking hits and hits and hits. And the... Solution is not coming to a lot of Americans fast enough. Uh, remember, right now we have a president in the White House who a couple of months ago said that when they issued a $1,400 one-time stimulus check, that this is going to help raise people out of poverty. After a year of lockdowns because of a uh, virus that kills 1% of the population, look, any life loss is bad. We all get that. But when you have something that kills 1% of the population and you lock the entire country down, and then you have the audacity to get up there and say that, by the way, we're spending trillions of dollars in other countries and our enemies and abortions for other nations and to make sure that people use transgender names right and do all this crazy stupid nonsense that helps nobody in our country in a way that is positive a positive and then you have the nerve to say a $1,400 one time stimulus check it's going to help lift people out of poverty that's when you know that you're dealing with an elitist dictator. And when somebody who had the nerve uh what three years ago, four years ago, to say that the administration at that moment was being ran by a dictator because this man dared have dared to have seven executive orders after the first month in office. What a dictator. He'll never leave office. Nancy Pelosi said that he'll have to be taken out by the National Guard and handcuffs. That he was a Russian asset. Remember all, all this mumbo jumbo malarkey they spewed for four years? Now let's catch up to twenty twenty one. We're a hundred-some days into the Biden misadministration. Over, what, almost a hundred, if not more, executive orders already. All trying to undo the previous four years of the Trump era, which was very successful for this country. And all which has uh, done nothing but caused major damage at our border caused thousands of people to lose jobs with the Keystone Pipelines. has caused a major rift between Canada, Mexico, and ourselves because of that pipeline. Truckers, restaurants, people that would have benefited. We're talking about possibly several hundred million dollars within a year or two for these counties in these uh, states gone with a, a stroke of a pen but he went and gave executive orders to give transgenders all these rights screw everybody else screw the entire country unless you're transgender I guess that's the way this administration works they're the only ones They get treated under the Biden-Harris misadministration. Folks, if you don't see what's happening right in front of your eyes, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. You're uh, obviously uh, in delusions of grandeur or living in in la-la land or whatever. But I want to play this for you. Because this is very important uh, for all of the audience to really pay attention to. Why is this important? I want you to see this report on Joe Biden's first 100 days in office. And how disastrous this actually has been. uh, For not just, uh, you know, us... But what the media is doing—I mean, I—I I, I think I skimmed uh, on this uh, earlier on my last show, but I didn't get to actually have the audio um, ready for you. And uh, I have it now, and this is from the Brian Williams show. You—I mean, you—you you really need to pay attention to this. This is just—it's incredible that the media is completely, you know, feeding into this nonsense. And uh, check this out.
3: administration. The president making a relentless push now for his agenda and his multi-trillion dollar proposals to set our country on a new course, yet he may now have to contend with even more intense resistance from a Republican party devoting itself more and more to Donald Trump and the big lie. In response, they've set in motion what amounts to a national movement to pass new state laws restricting voting, all of it as if to remedy voter fraud that did not take place. The latest effort playing out tonight in Texas, where lawmakers are debating a new voting law amid vocal opposition. This one would increase criminal penalties for some voting irregularities and greatly empower partisan poll watchers on the day of the vote. Earlier today, in what amounted to a photo op carried live on Fox News. Florida's Governor DeSantis signed their new voting law, which is largely aimed at curbing mail-in voting access. All other news outlets other than Fox News were denied access to the event, something DeSantis clearly didn't think was a problem.
0: Why did you only allow Fox News to capture the moment you signed the controversial election bill? We were happy to give them the exclusive
4: on that, and I I think it went really, really well.
3: For the record, Fox says it didn't request the event to be an exclusive, didn't ask for the other networks to be locked out. The device-
4: Now, why do I want to lead off with this, uh, because I want you to guys to hear uh, Brian Williams uh, double down here on the big lie, right? Now, if you guys are following the narrative, this is what they're telling everybody. It's the big lie, the big lie. Folks, the big lie is not that uh you know Donald Trump lost the election and then he tried to overturn it that's not the big lie the big lie is what the democrats have been doing for the last 4 years is what the media is doing is what the brainwashing that they've been doing and uh there's video evidence of people with the ballots i talked about on my last show and i played this clip um and you know i got into it a little bit like i said but uh i wanted to transition this because this goes right into what, you know, the big lie is all about. And now this is, uh, I stopped it there because the next part of this is going to be with Rand Paul. And now he completely obliterated one Dr. Fauci. So, you know, let, let's uh, listen to this real quick.
0: No matter you're how many times words, you're you say words, it, words, there it was didn't research. Happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research, where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it, Senator Paul. You- Dr. Fauci. We don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in wuhan or evolved naturally but we should want to know three million people have died from this pandemic and that should cause us to explore all possibilities instead government authorities self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research say there's nothing to see here gain-of-function research as you know is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans to arrive at the truth the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus' ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Baric, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zhengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute Sharing his discoveries about how to create superviruses. This gain of function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the US and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan?
1: Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Virology. Dr. Barrett? We do not fund Do you fund gain- Dr. Barrett's gain-of-function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a
0: bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you not. You the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function.
1: Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that so do you still
0: support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute?
1: We do not send money now to the Wuhan Virology uh, Institute. Do you support Institute?
0: sending money? We did under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency uh, right. and a sub-grant. Do you support the, the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me
1: explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected
0: Or perhaps it would be irresponsible to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the no technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker of the New York Magazine said nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. The director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of -of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage
1: in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain of function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. Of we do support
0: it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing superviruses to be created. With a 15% mortality, it's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate
1: where this virus came from. Uh, I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain of function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, your, no matter your how many times. Words, your you say words, it, there wasn't
0: research. There was
1: research done
0: with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research, where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick. You can't deny it.
3: Senator Paul, your time time has expired, Dr. Fauci. I will let you respond to that when we need to move on.
4: All right, folks, so when you hear the term the big lie, what's going on here? Ryan Paul, uh, God bless this man, he's giving Dr. Fauci the exact treatment he needs. Somebody needs to be held accountable here, and Dr. Fauci has been one of the links in this whole thing, and do your own homework, people, look it up. Dr. Fauci is knee-deep in this uh, entire thing with the the virus. That is part of the big lie. A lot of people are getting very rich off of this big lie that we're all living through. And Joe Biden says, oh, $1,400 stimulus check, that's going to make it all better. It's not, folks. It really isn't. Uh, now, I am uh, going to hit break in a few minutes, uh, so uh, that's why I stopped it there. There's a lot more to that if you guys uh, go on YouTube and type in Rand Paul versus Dr. Fauci and look at the latest video from Congress. You'll see like the coronavirus uh, response there. You'll be able to uh, get the gist of what they're they're talking about. I did promise, uh, and uh, we're probably going to go over a little bit here, but I did promise that UFO video, and uh, I'm going to play that in a second before I hit break. Check this video out. This is really cool. Watch this, They're speaking like Brazilian, but check that out.
0: Nem
2: 4 horas ainda, velho. Dá tempo nem emparelhar e voltar pra Vauru ainda.
4: Olha isso, velho.
2: Olha isso.
4: Ó, puta, você não tem que ver onde o Zul vai buscar isso aqui, velho. Cura-bia-goodyear blimp? Você não tá vendo nada aí, Fih. Você tem que ver I que. I don't know. Mais, a heck of a Goodyear blimp, that's what Porra, it is. Nossa, tá
2: virando, velho. Puta que pariu, velho. Essa, porra, essa bateria
4: tá acabando, bicho. Yeah, look at that. Remember, folks, uh, we're about due in the uh, next uh, probably month or so for an onslaught of UFO-related stuff. So be on the lookout for that. I know for my listening audience on SoFlo and PSN Radio, they couldn't unfortunately uh, be witness to what we just saw on video. Get on YouTube, and you'll be able to see it there. It's on YouTube uh, on our uh, psn-tv.com. You'll see the link right on there. Uh, Guys, I'm going to hit break here in less than a minute. I just want to let everybody know, uh, very important, all my watchers right now on YouTube, DLive, and all these other platforms. Uh, Again, thank you for uh, being with us. But do me a favor. I need you to hit the subscribe button because that is mucho importante. As you know, we're uh, all being looked at by Big Brother and every sub matters. So please give me a sub, a thumbs up, comment, uh, you know, as the usual uh, term goes. Comment below if you want to ask any questions when we return. Uh, When I come back, I'm going to have the dynamic duel of Zen in the car. That's right. Daniel Crumpton and Dylan himself. I guess, you know, Daniel will be like the Batman and Dylan is like the Robin. Gee, what Batman? The dynamic duel, Zen in the car. And we're going to talk to them a little bit about what they're uh, up to again and uh, get a you know, a nice uh, chat going. To see, uh, you know, wh- where we could uh, meet halfway. You know, they, you know, they. Sometimes politically we we agree on stuff. Sometimes we don't. It's like a a good chocolate uh, bar. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Uh, you know, and it depends on the mood. But these are good guys, and I really like uh, having them on the show. I actually want to have them on more often, but. Thanks to uh, Michelle Freed, who uh, is a great person uh, for booking shows, guys. She's been awesome at helping me book the shows, and we're booked solid uh, thanks to her uh, for the next uh, few months. I have a a lot of guests coming up on the show. So it's going to be a fun couple months uh, right here on Angel Espino's Big Show, Inside the Jackal's Head. Now, until we return in a couple minutes... Uh, listen to a little music, some commercials. It's going to be groovy when we return. Zen and the Cars dynamic duo, Daniel and Dylan. We'll both be on. Till then. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head, the Angel Espino Show live right here on SoFlow Radio and, of course, PSN Radio and all over the TV streams live Twitch, YouTube, somebody just hit me up on Twitter, hold your horses, I'll get to your questions in a minute, and uh, thank you all for paying attention and uh, staying up with us, because right now we are live with two gentlemen who are from uh, a certain place uh, where they have a lot, of, a lot of Zen in the car, and they are the dynamic duo of Zen in the car, Daniel and Dylan are live, and I think I just oversold that a little bit. What do you guys think?
5: As Daniel leaned back in his leather black and red chair, eyeing the zigzag assorted flavors across his desk in a mason jar, he wondered as Hmm. he reached that one, Oh, there's a bowl of executive orders here. They're so tasty and scrumptious looking. Would Angel be too tired from all that winning? He was promised by the Trump administration to actually... Conduct this interview.
4: Wow. What's up,
2: Dylan? What's up? Hey, Dylan,
5: hey, so, uh, How you
2: doing, man?
4: Hold on so you, so... I got a bowl of executive
2: orders, man. They're pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some honey-flavored ones here. So honey-flavored that's how
4: we're doing. Water. So you guys are jabbing right from the beginning, like, ah, oh, swords out. You
2: ah. knew it was coming.
4: Oh, well. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. After, after last time, you
5: had to expect I it, mean, friend. I mean, Dylan when you have a little bit of executive orders in a bowl? They're so tasty. Mm-hmm. You just know when you pass that bowl, the next fellow's going to pour a shitload more.
4: Yep. Well, wasn't the, wasn't the Biden? Uh, going to be just as good. Now, nah, now, nah, <laughs> Biden was and the executive. Ad- oh no, Biden was the I one who that said that, that uh, the the seven executive orders given by Trump was the act of a dictator. And now Biden's up to like a hundred. So what does that make him? A god?
5: No, it means he's continuing the legacy of the administration before him that set that up for him, and on and on and on back to at least Kennedy.
2: Every president bill Every president makes executive orders, and every president who comes in after says, "Oh, those executive orders were terrible," and then they do more executive orders. This is.
4: Standard, yeah, no, but so what you really th- should do—I mean, this was, is like uh, standard—is like five or six in, a, in, a, in, a, in the first month, a hundred in like the first hundred and fifty days. That's a that's executive executive orders. No, standard
5: based off the Constitution is that maybe the first lady gets to order new China and no president ever signs any of them. I think I have a solution to this. know, oh, it's uh, treason by sedition. I got it. How about we hang one of them for committing treason by sedition and then not let it happen again? Like, no executive I, orders. Like, see, you know, I, you know, you
2: know I, it's I, funny I you mentioned – uh, I disagree you know. with my friend Daniel on the merits of executive orders.
4: Yeah. Um, just <laughs> – because you're a stinker. Here. And, and by the you, way, you, by the way, he also hold on, on Dylan, uh, hold on. He also said, China, China. China. Dylan does
5: a great Trump impression. Uh, uh, school me real quick, Dylan, on your with your Trump, and your Trump uh, impression. It's good.
2: My Trump impression is the best. Uh, they've said it's the greatest impression that anyone's ever done. They said nobody's ever done an impression quite like it before. It's tremendous. Believe me.
5: You have the best words.
2: I have the best words. They they said that nobody ever used the word fake before Trump.
4: <laughs> well, you know, my administration was under pressure.
3: Hey,
5: hey, man, I, I, you know, me, Angel. I think he's a potato too. You, you know the thing.
4: You know, you, you know the thing. Yeah, I did like that with the,
5: uh, whatever speech he was there where he was like, he goes, this was great. When you want to get something done and you really believe in it, eh, whatever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, my favorite yeah, one, is, we... my favorite one is the one that, like, he actually attacks, a like, a supporter. And, and the guy's, like, chill, but he's like, look, here, fat. And then, like, he stops himself and he's like, uh, and the guy's like. What like like he's expecting like a like a hard disc and he's just like starts going into like la la land, but the fact that he called him fat like I wonder like in his mind like you know what he was thinking you fat piece of redneck shit and like he just you know he was going there.
5: Oh, no. I don't know. I don't want to do politics all night. You know me, man. The way I see it is anybody who's seriously uh, engaging in the system might as well have a rotating floating diamond above their hey. head. I mean, it's your cool little Sims reality, hey, but. it's... I, no, I mean,
2: old. I agree that I don't want to cover politics, but I had to get
4: yeah, we had it again. No, had no, no. It hey, it, duly noted, man. You guys rigged it and won it, so it's hey, my hats <laughs> to you. You know, like don't worry, <laughs> I, don't worry. I, I, next two okay. years, we're gonna we're gonna come back, and you know, this is a, a, a zigzag. It's like a blowjob. You go up and down, right? And if, if you get squeezed just right and the girl knows how to do just the right job under the, uh, you know, with the two uh, fellows hang out, and, you know, at the end of the eight years or whatever, we're going to be just okay.
5: Hey! Don't say y'all. Don't say y'all. I did my patriotic duty. I voted my conscience. I wrote in John Luke Picard. There you go, good so, man. That's
4: as, what lo- I did. as long as they, you know, keep giving stimulus checks for the next four years, as they want to destroy America on the left and just give out all this money, just say, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Before you you croak, because she's like what eighty nine or something. Um, give out more stimulus checks, and we'll, we'll be you're not, good.
5: You're not, you're not cool with stimulus checks, man.
4: No, I, I'm saying give more. i look. If we're gonna have Biden for the next four years, my goodness, two thousand a month. Come on, make it happen, guys. Are you serious? Not? I'd, I'd say, <laughs> I'm not. <serious. laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: I. They're giving trillions shake, of dollars to like your, Sri Lanka, shake, dude. They're giving I'll, like.
2: Shake hand on, I'll shake your hand on. You, uh, Four years of ubi right now
4: hell yeah look they're giving <laughs> they're, they're, they're giving like how many trillions to sri lanka to make sure they have proper abortions who gives a fuck about sri lanka and abortions let's be realistic and they were trying to give how many I mean, billions? To definitely
2: that? not trillions but
4: <laughs> it was like what 900 billion or some shit i mean if they could do that spare some change for us poor folks how's that you know mm-hmm. if you want to like go build a, a boat in like Saudi Arabia somewhere and fix it that was you know like left for their dead like 30 years ago because it broke down if you want to spend a hundred billion on that uh fine but just to make it rain on us man oh it's raining on you bud it's just not what you want <laughs> well no it's going to be acid raining at the end of the day I mean this is not going to be You know, this is not going to end good guys come on you know uh, I... the next four years it's not going to end good <laughs> No matter oh, what your yeah, political stance is, you know. I, I, mean, years
2: ago. <laughs> I mean, I I I've been on the internet for quite a while, and I've been seeing people say it's gonna it's gonna go bad this year since maybe twenty thirteen.
4: And it and was. Well, and maybe it will. And, then, it will, and the twenty seventeen came around, and we're like, Yay! We, we got a maybe know, maybe some we got an orange guys. man in the White House. Yeah. And for, Let me make if, my prediction. For two years it was solid, and then, you know, Kung Flu hit. Go ahead.
5: Let me make my prediction. This is going to be my prediction.
4: Uh, the Good
5: interdimensional man. and extraterrestrial aliens that are actually running the scripted <laughs> Netflix show that we call World Politics, yes. what they're going to do is they're going to yes. be like, all right, check it out, guys. Yeah. They, they totally they totally went for the game show host. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't get it then. Let's go ahead and give them a fucking potato. They're not going to get it then. Uh, next, let's get that uh, Geico lady, or the, the, the lady who does the Geico commercials. Ooh. Let's make her president. And I'd then vote like, for the her. ones who are still in like invested in the political system, we'll just go ahead and, and, and expunge the planet of them because those are the ones who just really aren't going to get it at this point i mean dude how much more obvious does it have to get that it's all a joke and it's a machine that is designed to drain us americans and sovereign citizens in our hearts minds and souls of mental energy emotional energy physical energy that's all it is dude it's literally you're looking at a matrix where your energy is getting drained not you but the
4: yeah know, in general i know I engaging. Got you. I, you're I,
5: engaging in it it's
4: you've lost. Of oh, of course. Now if this is the case, that's what I'm saying. Give us more stimulus money and let's make this fair. The next president, you know what? Don't give me this half-assed, you know, half-black, half-white uh, Indian woman who's faking to be a black woman when she's not Kamala Harris. Uh, give me a proper black guy. You know what? Arsenio Hall should be the next president of the United States.
5: Dave Chappelle should be the next president if you really wanted to do No, it should happen. be Arsenio
4: <laughs> Hall and Dave Chappelle. They should be in the ticket together. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs>
4: well, the reason it's I said Chappelle. Arsenio because our uh, uh, coming to America us. too was okay, but Arsenio was actually pretty damn oh. funny in that. That's why Arsenio's he's back.
2: If we all get to make if we all get to make predictions, I'm gonna be the boring one. Uh oh. Four, four years are gonna pass. Nothing will fundamentally change. Eight years will pass, nothing will fundamentally change. Twelve years will pass, nothing will fundamentally change.
4: Well, that, that's you know, that's exactly where I was going. I don't know if that is exactly accurate here because in the next uh, month or so uh, we're going to have a sort of disclosure, which means we're still not telling you shit. But here's a couple of things that you might want to like uh, get your lips a little wet on. And supposedly they're going to uh, drop by everything is, the Pentagon knows is going to be told to us. What do you guys think about that?
2: As I said, nothing will fundamentally change. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't I don't need the government to tell me anything about disclosure. <laughs> anything the government tells me about disclosure, I know, is a hoax anyway. Because it's like, if there's uh, higher intelligent entities visiting this planet, they're not talking to those knuckleheads.
2: No, that's all uh, Okay. Uh, again, I'm the boring one here. I'm really not all that interested in aliens or How anything. How dare like, you, sir? If they're here, they're here. If not, they're not. My life isn't changed by it. My my life won't be changed by it if they come and they're fa- and nothing fundamentally changes. My life isn't different. So why ask the? Why bother debating the question in the theoretical when, okay?
4: That almost made sense on some form. I'm not sure. Daniel, what do you think?
5: Uh, I mean, I get what he's saying. It's like, what are you going to do? You know, like, if all of a sudden, you know, all of our monitors suddenly go, you know, people of Earth, (laughs) like in Man of Steel or something.
2: Oh,
4: dude. That'd be cool, though, because then you have, like, there's a superhero among us. No, but here's the thing. Uh, No matter if aliens do come down and, and make themselves awares. Uh what's the best you're gonna be able to see maybe on t v so it's like what it's gonna be like a reality show for a little bit until you see them interacting like on the streets or like at Walmart? Can you imagine one day you're like in the line and there's like a little gray alien just buying shit at Walmart? You're know, like, dude! Holy when, shit! It, what what happens, galaxy that are you I'll, from? Hey, uh, Tony. Then I will be
2: interested. When that happens, I'll be interested.
4: You also will be dead because that's probably like a, like maybe 150 years in the future. Exactly. To, so, yeah.
2: so why uh, why concern myself with it now? It's 150 years off, maybe.
5: <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, dude. I see I see aliens at Walmart all the time. <laughs>
4: yeah, but those are illegal. They the, the border. Oh, yeah, yeah, those man. two, but
5: uh, <laughs> speaking of stimulus, <laughs> speaking of stimulus, because we went really went off. I just wanted to jab you about Trump, man. <laughs> I, I,
4: noticed I noticed that.
2: that, was fun. that <laughs> was fun.
5: Nah, dude. Yeah, Zen in the car. That's who we are. That's me and Dylan. We hadn't been on here since last year, so let's plug yeah. our stuff shamelessly, Angel.
4: The dynamic yeah. duo of Zen in the car, the Capes yeah. uh, Crusaders themselves
5: i also want to let people know because this is cool we're in season two of zen in the car
4: um you guys do seasons co- i just ramble on like incoherently sometimes but i just like you know i just do shows man like you, think you actually like do seasons
5: yeah we have to take a break dude I, I, i'm personally of the opinion that if you do not take a break to recharge your your creative batteries uh you your, <laughs> eventually you take breaks you, Yeah, we take breaks around the end of the year.
2: Yeah, he's taking a break. He takes a break at the end of the year. I'm about to go on a long break. So, I mean, yeah, we go on breaks.
5: Yeah, it's like shut it down for a season. Let us go. Because here's my position. Because I've come across people in the Alternative Media Angel who they do like – Seven days a week, and they've they got to be live, and they have to do this and that. And it's like, okay, but at what point are you leaving the monitors and the world that you've created to go experience life to bring more new introspection to what it is you're creating?
2: Um, yeah, it's like um, – uh, Daniel and I are both fond of uh, superhero comparisons. It's like the original Spider-Man trilogy by Sam Raimi. The first two were great, right. but because he kept doing them and didn't recharge his creative juices, the third one was terrible because his ideas were stale.
4: Hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Are you telling me you had a problem with Toby crying and dancing in half of the movie?
2: No, I thought that was fun.
4: Because <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, the best saying. part of the whole fucking yeah. trilogy, let's be honest. Toby crying.
5: I mean, Toby McCryer. I I can understand that, like, if, if somebody's platform is nonstop news, uh, that they would get that. But they do risk the mindset of just becoming another echo chamber because eventually, yeah, you're not coming up for air to live a little bit of life. But for the nature of what me and Dylan are doing is in the car and a few few other people. Um, what we're doing is not like that. Like, we're trying to provide an escape from all of the stuff that is already out there nonstop. Like, it's it's more thoughtful than frequency, it's more quality over, or, or, uh, yes, the content over the, the quantity of what we're doing. You know, we, we're dealing with uh, in a lighthearted modern era, we're dealing with like deeply philosophical ideas and, and things like that, weaving them into the, the current culture. Um, and you got to step away from the nonstop 24 hours, produce, produce, produce. I mean, it's, it's insanity,
2: you know? Yeah. We record once a week for maximum, like two hours.
5: Maximum. And then we cut it up like beef because, we're we're not for the we're really not we're not for a lot of people. Uh we're we're for people who I mean the, the website clearly Zen in, in the car is it's designed to be listened to in your car. So when we do podcasts like the Super Show Ever or Popcorn Politics or you know, there's an audio version of an introspective article or something like that, it's designed so you could do it in your car for people who are in the car a lot or who have commutes and they just they don't they don't want to invest their energy in all of the mass-produced stuff that is already available on the internet,
2: man. Yeah, we expressly try to avoid the news of the week because that's not what we're interested in. We're not – We're Daniel and I are both tired of politics. We just – we are.
5: Yeah, and the other thing is like – well – The the thing with a lot of of independent media and stuff like that that's on the internet is they do concern themselves so much with constantly being a presence, and they all have this mindset: you got to constantly, you got to be news is twenty four hours; you got to constantly be doing it. It's like, okay, well, you've done that, and they also what they what they end up doing is they sacrifice their own personal uh, interests, their own personal likes and joys and things like that. Uh, for the sake of well i'll start being more authentic whenever i get x amount of subscribers or x amount of clicks and then now the vision is thrown so far down the road after you know you build the titanic that the 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 outlet the people who are doing the outlet is just they become an echo chamber now they have to go to other alternative media sites to see what they're talking about so they can put their little spin on it which isn't too different and then wash, rinse, repeat. This is no different than mainstream media that's giving you the problems in D.C. and around the world either. So it's like me and Dylan have to go, dude. What are we into? Yeah. Well, well that's we why. Like-
4: I, well, remember, remember, this is uh, why a lot of folks consider you know what we do in podcasting as the new real mainstream media because the mainstream media is you know it's canned good to this point. So, uh, you know, we've become literally like the new mainstream.
2: Right, but the, people don't... You, when they say the alternative media has become the new mainstream, mm-hmm. they don't typically mean that to include all of the problems that mainstream media carries. But And there are, there are plenty. There are plenty of
4: problems. Oh, boy.
2: Yeah, sure. that's pretty much what's happened. When you make... When when you make your life entirely about the news, you're not changing and evolving. So yeah,
4: but here, but the thing is, here, it, this is the thing though, uh, dynamic duo. Everything is news. Even if you follow entertainment, for example, you could follow like Star Wars, right? Uh, what's the dominating stuff in Star Wars? Kathleen Kennedy and her, uh, you know, shenanigans and how they fired Gina Carano and then that gets into politics because she said some shit on Twitter what they didn't like, which was stupid because she said something no. that was historically accurate. They just, they targeted her because she's conservative. No. So they, boom, now you go from Star Wars to politics. No. You see what I'm okay, saying? So even know, if you try okay, to do no, entertainment, no, no, I, it's like you got to, like, they, hold, on, hold, on, making, no. but hold on, it's like a needle in a haystack You gotta like, you know, jump in the haystack And be like, okay What do we want to talk about that nobody else is talking about? How did I go I, into
2: India? Can I, ar- can I like? argue Not the merits of your point because Even though I do disagree with what you're saying Obviously I want to put that do. aside <laughs> I want to put that aside And you can Connect anything to politics
4: Of course, You don't
2: have to it, it is a choice Place to connect entertainment to the news. It, what's dominating, uh, let's take Star Wars for example. Mm-hmm. It, what's dominating Star Wars right now? Not Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy's not in the news right now. The news right now is the Obi Wan Kenobi show. If people want to talk about this, the politics dominating it, that is a deliberate choice they're making. We are making a deliberate choice to avoid anything like that. If it comes up, it comes up. But we are not going to seek it out under any circumstances.
5: No, because here's what, the way I look at it: is you know I think I know who Kathleen Kennedy is.
2: She's the, the head of Lucasfilm.
5: Okay, well, thanks for letting me know about that. And, and I don't like Star Wars. She's like, dude. Well, whatever she is,
4: <laughs> what I'm doing. is... She is a she devil, me. Daniel.
2: Okay, but uh,
5: <laughs>
4: so what put, I do?
2: Put that aside. <laughs> put that.
5: Putting that aside, what I'll do. Evil six is, is six for six.
4: Mark uh, of the Beast.
5: Uh, so you don't like Kath, Kathleen Kennedy.
4: Did I give that away. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me munch on this executive order real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to take
2: another ball. handful of those honey-flavored executive orders. May the power of Christ <laughs> be do, with Angel. you.
4: I mean, when I sit
5: down to pull up Disney Plus or something um, and watch Mandalorian with a bowl of
4: popcorn. Slave owners, I, according to George I, Lucas, by I, the way. I don't want to see
5: the projector behind the screen. I don't want to see the, the the janitor. I'm not going to look. I just want to see what's on the screen. Because what I'm doing is using like Carl Jung's philosophy uh, and Joseph Campbell's philosophy of the the myth and, and the hero with a thousand faces to take a, an hour or two. Observe art, use it as a psychological parallel for my own internal psyche, and then see how it can enhance or, you know, amplify my life. Uh, I don't care who Kathleen Kennedy is. I care about the story and the art that is ultimately, no matter the behind-the-scenes politics, coming through the collective consciousness of a creator and the writer and the director and the, uh, the cameraman and the sound guy. That's what I'm doing.
4: Well, let, me yes. ask you, let me ask you guys a question because I, you know, I didn't ask uh, last time. What did you think of Rise of Skywalker? Um,
2: uh, So I'm more the Star Wars guy than Daniel is. Um, I did not like Rise of Skywalker. I was a massive fan of The Last Jedi. I didn't love Force Awakens, loved Last Jedi, didn't like Rise of Skywalker.
4: Okay, so you you were just disappointed by the sequel trilogy, we could say.
2: Um, I was largely disappointed, but also The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. So, wow, I'm disappointed
4: it, by that. That's horrible news. <laughs> uh, okay, now, uh, Daniel, I know that you're not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I, I know you saw the movies. What do you think of the trilogy?
5: No, I dig Star Wars. I'm just much more of a Star Trek guy. Oh, um,
4: that's fine, that's fine. We all have our <laughs> blemishes in life, and nobody's perfect, but go ahead.
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, I caught that reference. Uh,
4: Aha! <laughs> I laid anyway, it on pretty uh, thick. Well, I was ca- hoping you'd catch it. Go ahead.
5: What did I think about the, the 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 last trilogy? I mean, the first one. What was that one called? Not a Force new Awakens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Force Awakens. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, well, that was a, that was expected. Basically, it's a you know it's a first story with a chick, right? Know? Let's meet mm-hmm. all the characters. So I got it. Uh, I, the second bestest ever.
4: Favorite. Mary Sue. Ray. <laughs> Skywalker. Yeah, it's like, let's Make the new cast. Yeah.
5: So it was like I, I gave them that one. The second one I thought was actually the best because it just it totally mixed oh. up the formula and I dug it. The third one, oh. I mean, look, it's not it's not my story. I didn't write it. It is what it is. But if I would have written it, it would have been drastically
2: different. I mean, it, it needed it needed somebody to go over the script again. They should have just. Let Ryan Johnson do his thing. Ryan Johnson no. is the most competent filmmaker
4: in no. the room. No, what, what, what are you guys smoking? And please pass, pass <laughs> to the left hand side, because I, I, I know I mean, you guys look. did not just say that Ryan Johnson is a good filmmaker.
2: Oh, dude, Ryan. Jo- okay, whether you like Last Jedi or not, Ryan Johnson is. A dynamic
4: filmmaker well look he painted pretty pictures but doesn't make him a good filmmaker how'd you get? okay let let me ask you a question yeah I didn't like it here let me ask you a question a quick question they they go to a planet it's a casino planet they find a bunch of slave children and a bunch of like horses they go Hold on hold on hold on before you jump in they go through this crazy mission to free a bunch of fucking horses in space and they leave the slave children behind and that's a a good plot? How? Oh,
2: I will be the first to (laughs) grant you that the Casino Planet storyline was the weakest of the three storylines. But the commentary they were trying to do and I think...
4: Benicio Del Toro, an amazing actor, was reduced to shit. Lucio Del
2: Toro was meant to be a weapons manufacturer trying to. Just ironically the, enough, yeah, he's in, yeah, he,
4: he ends up in the same cell. Just ironically enough, you know, like what they needed that uh, to go to that planet because somehow they knew that they were going to need that guy, so they placed them in the same cell. What an ironic twist! Plot convenience in my plot convenience in my Star Wars movie. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> That's never. That's never happened before. <laughs> Not that thick, gentlemen. Not that thick.
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, dude, I thought that uh, Rise of Skywalker was it was visually beautiful. I mean, it wasn't oh, visually. a yeah. Astounding. Oh, all three dude. of them uh, are. Ab-
2: the thing JJ is, J.J. Oh, Abrams yeah. is an incredible visual filmmaker. Yeah, yeah I mean,
5: I didn't like. Uh, you know, I didn't dig the whole uh, Palpatine's just suddenly back.
2: Yeah, you know? that needed
4: that needed well, another right. That's yeah. Ryan Johnson. He decided, you know what, uh, that that uh, Snoke guy, let's yeah, just kill him and make him uh, obsolete, and he was nobody. Because you know, who yeah, what well, yeah, have a Johnson, story uh, background? Because I'm Johnson, diversing, you know, goal. your your expectations. Because yeah, that's what I do. You know, like I I want to make a movie that everybody hates, and then a few little bunch of people like it, and that that'd be good for me. It strokes my ego. That's what that's what I hear his voice like in my head every time he speaks. Like it's it's like when you hear like somebody with knives out and they're like graining it against like a chalkboard. And that's when he speaks. It's like a Freddy Krueger's knives like scraping through like a, a school chalkboard. Like, uh... is so, um Yeah, so I, don't, I don't like, don't like Ron Johnson. No, uh, I'm, I'm saying I I'm hate I'm getting that
2: impression. <laughs> yeah, let, me,
3: oh, let me grab some
2: more of these executive orders
1: there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Him and Kathleen Kennedy
4: could go with your executive orders and, you know, do uh, some things uh, to uh, Nancy Pelosi and not good things.
5: So you're trying to take it there. We don't want to take it there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we do not want to go to politics. We to go to politics. No, by sorry. the way, we're, you, we're you, gonna, you uh, notice yeah, Nancy gonna...
4: Pelosi and Kathleen Kennedy look alike they're doing? You notice that?
2: They're both white, white women with brown hair, but that's about it.
4: Well, all no, white people look alike to me. I'm, I'm Latino. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> are you Are you racist? <laughs> Is that a racist? <laughs> <laughs> are
1: you
3: racist?
4: Well, no worse how than bad. what Joe Biden oh, said. You know, like how they you
3: know.
2: Turn Things have
1: changed, Mister Wade. Now he's the <laughs> Holy he's shenanigans,
4: Batman! On.
1: No, it, it can't be racism. Me and you are Caucasian. That's right. I'm right. Latino. I can we see don't, those We're things. not allowed to have racism.
4: No, exactly. No, 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 no. Look, my Caucasians, uh, I'm Latino. I get, I can get away with that. <laughs>
5: okay, I'm out say I'll tell you a story that pop you in the, the jaw. <laughs> no. No, yeah. dude, but yeah, so we're in the second season because we, you know, we we look at right things on. like that and we, we talk philosophically. We had to take a break and... Um,
2: when we, particular... had to re- we had to reanalyze our tone too.
5: Yeah, for ah. this, I don't know if you've caught. Of course, you haven't caught any of our stuff. You do your stuff twenty four hours, right? <laughs> oh, oh
4: man, well, who are you guys again? <laughs> uh, PD, uh Who are these two dudes? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah,
5: nah, but uh, for this season we started like Bob and Jake. This
4: season is uh, the road to
5: recovery because me and Dylan have been um, since we we came back with raging
4: alcoholics because I used to be
5: one. Uh, Yeah, well, we've been talking about my my substance abuse history, my uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder.
4: Um,
5: We we thought that – well, Dylan, do you want to tell him how this started?
2: Um, So I – we were in our many attempts to film our uh, 2020 retrospective. Oh, man. Um, I got to see this one. (laughs) We began talking about how I had begun doing therapy talking to a therapist, and I had talked about how it was doing wonders for me. And Daniel, to, to my surprise, based on how we had discussed it over the show, had decided to go as well. And so season two has been all about our mental health and about mental health in general, how entertainment connects to mental health, how it portrays mental health. That's been the focus of season two.
5: Yeah, like when he, and this is the way it went, is we tried to do the the 2020 retrospective like three or four times we tried to record it, and during these conversations, Dylan was like, uh, yeah, I'm seeing a therapist, now me, jeez, I am a stubborn dude, man. I'm stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. And, you know, I've had, I've known I've had post-traumatic stress disorder since 2011, and then it evolved into complex post-traumatic stress disorder. where you have substance abuse uh, in your history, you're dealing with a powder keg. And you got me sitting here going, well, cool, cool on you, Dylan. You go to therapy, dude. Let's go. I'm good. Good. <laughs> and meanwhile... In my personal life, you know, dealing with uh, the symptoms of complex PTSD, you have fight or flight, and then you get into faint or fawn, and it's like... The way it was described to me by Maurice Falling, who's an author of uh, From Shepherds to Shadows, we had on the show, spinal cord injury that recovered miraculously. He's a good guy. But me and him were talking about, uh, you know, trauma, early childhood trauma, the trauma that we experience, you know, throughout our life growing older, collectively, et cetera. And uh, he said, you know what trauma, is? he says, you know what the, the stuff in our past is for us? And I said, what's that, man? And he said, you got to imagine two meat hooks attached to ropes. And the meat hooks are put into your shoulders. And those those ropes are attached to cinder blocks behind you. And that's trauma. And what we tend to do as men is we tend to go, okay, well, this sucks. It hurts. I got hooks in my shoulders. I got weight behind me. But I'm going to make it down the field.
4: And we do under our own That sounds stance. like a, a scene out of, like, Hostel 3.
5: Yeah. It, I mean, it's bad. But it's the truth. It was a perfect allegory for me. So Mm -hmm. he goes, you know, we make it down the yard, we keep pulling, we keep pulling and we make progress. And so we say, well, I don't have to address those things behind me, you know, but as we're moving, it's building more and more dirt on it. It's getting heavier and heavier. And he looked at me and he said, um, he says, uh, you know, eventually you'll have a breakdown. Your gears will fly out. And I said, wow, that's that's an excellent allegory, uh, Maurice. I said, so I guess. What we have to do as men is we have to stop. First, we have to stop, acknowledge they're there and then turn around and face them because what you resist persists and what you what you look at face to face dissipates. So with that and Dylan is setting the example, you know, I decided I was like, dude, you know, I've tried every method to live with complex post-traumatic stresses. I've tried homeopathy. I've tried cannabis. I've tried meditation. I've tried spirituality, philosophy, not tried, but I've incorporated all these things into a lifestyle. And the only thing that I was really lacking was actually sitting down and going to a therapist, having somebody to go to that is outside of all of my other little constructed worlds of work and home and recreation and social life that I can sit there and say the craziest shit that is inside of me without having to worry how it's going to you know, uh, create a chain reaction in my life. Does it make sense?
4: It makes mm-hmm. sense, but uh, last time I went to a therapist, they said, yeah, you know, welcome back here after one session. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of history uh, when it comes <laughs> uh, to, you know, sitting with the therapist for a long time and then getting, you know, actual input. I'm not welcome gotta, at a lot of places. You
5: got to shop around, <laughs> bro. I, I was lucky. I was always told that you had to shop around and find the right therapist, but I, yeah. I lucked out. Uh, and they're not paying me or anything, but I just did the BetterHelp thing, the betterhelp.com. You put in what's going, what's ailing you, and they match you up to somebody, and they did perfect for me because I told yeah. that to her. my therapist whenever we had our first session. Uh, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, they say you got to shop around, dude, but me and you are married. Oh that's, I mean, wow! Really
4: it job. it's a big Cheddar Bob uh, from Fight Club looking motherfucker, like you know, you know, you don't want to. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, you don't want to get married to that I guy. I
2: also got, I also got lucky. My, uh, my doctor hooked me up with someone really good.
4: Oh yeah, really. I mean. That's cool. Hey, let me ask you a question though. Is it bad when your therapist says, uh, here's a uh a, no, a, you know, here's some medication and I want you to reach out to this person and ask this this physician if a lobotomy is right for you. is, is that bad?
5: I would probably find a different therapist.
3: Oh. Yes.
2: I, I would agree with that. <laughs> that he said he was a specialist. I was just, you know,
4: I was like, okay. What's a lobotomy? Second opinions are always good. <laughs> Yeah.
5: Yeah. Get a second. Uh, Angel. (laughs) But no, I mean, and so I started the process and that and a lot of independent work and and started going to, uh, you know, as many support groups as I can for for my ailments and fell in love with it. I fell in love with the world of, you know, men being with men who can openly, you know, with each other in a trusting way, talk about stuff that we all talk about. I mean, or that we all go through, that we all experience, especially childhood trauma. But somewhere along the line, we're men, so we're not supposed to, you know, feel it, think about it, or analyze it. And it's fucking killing us. It is killing us.
2: Yeah, we are—society teaches us things that are really, really, really destructive for our mental health. And that's what season two's been all about, is— trying to recognize our trauma and talk about it and, and
5: for, yeah and for Dylan and I like um we find that the arts you know like cinema uh things that would you know the arts uh music uh these are excellent tools to use as a parallel for our internal psychic world
2: right to, we to we've talked about um Two shows in particular that really address the issue, Star Trek: Picard and Falcon and Winter Soldier, are two shows that very openly talk about trauma, and are and heavily help.
4: political, by the way. Uh, you know, I have... only if you make them. <laughs> yeah.
5: No, literally, they're about but,
4: politics. But anyway, yeah,
5: the, the most recent shows we've done. I mean, every we're not beating everybody over the head with you need to go see a therapist or anything like that but it's like there's something to be said about the fact that our pop culture is now starting to res like to 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 explicitly uh talk about things like mental health and, and trauma and how to deal with trauma it's like it we're we're talking to ourselves through our art and we're saying that we we, we need to do something about everything that we've accumulated in our heads.
4: Yeah. You know what I mean? I could agree with that. We are a
2: traumatized society.
4: Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, uh, one thing I I also uh, think you can pinpoint, to as part of the uh, history of how it's kind of become that narrative that we've become a traumatized society, you can almost see it even in our superhero movies. I mean, remember back in the day when movies were superheroes, we had the, the hero and the villains, right, the arch nemesis. Now they're all terrorists. And it's all, like, heavily politically well, attached to, like, terrorism and terror, terror. They, they, like, well, the term arch nemesis, the villains, you know, like, you know, that whole comic book mm-hmm. lingo has kind of, like, gone out the window.
2: I, I, I don't necessarily... I don't necessarily agree with that part because
4: uh, he it, never does.
2: Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> film, TV—they are reflections of society. In
4: that's what I'm saying. Meta- that's exactly. But no, no. Let yeah. me. Finish, so you me do me agree? Finish. Okay, go ahead. No, let me finish.
2: In <laughs> metaphorical but also literal ways. So in the that's, 70s, yeah. yes, the villains yes. weren't arch enemies. They in the 70s, who did Superman fight? In Superman for a Quest for Peace. He fought the Soviet Union.
4: Yeah, but who was, well, in, in the comics, but, you know, he always No, had, no, in it,
2: Superman for A Quest for Peace with Chris. Uh, well, yeah, but that
4: was, but that, that the was in the movie. movie. I'm talking about, like, the comics and, you know, and even previously. And that was in the 80s, by the way, not in the 70s. Remember, the first one was in You're 78. Right. Uh, so yeah, let's you're... get our timing right, gentlemen. And in <laughs> fact, when Superman 4 came out, The Quest for Peace, which was a terrible movie, uh, that's when that's you that's see the, the actual changeover uh, start happening, where it became more like a James Bond uh, do over in the comics, where it was like all terrorism sort of the arch nemesis, the the over the top villains like yeah you know I, I had fun as a kid you know looking at things like the Joker and the Riddler and the Penguin, be over the top comic booky. But then it all changed, and I was like all military like, you know terrorism on all these movies. Oh, we
2: we can get into the reasons for that. I think there are um, legitimate reasons for that. I'm mainly sure there mainly are. being that yeah. m- mainly being that movies try to be as realistic as they can while maintaining that whimsical element. So they now want to they use do. lingo that's understandable for a modern society. Yeah. So Now they do, and I
4: think we could thank Christopher Nolan for that, by the way, more than anybody else yes. in the right. last 15 years.
2: Yes, no, absolutely. Christopher Nolan... <laughs> he agrees. In Holy age. shit. Or write it down,
4: Petey. The... He agreed with me on something. Write, write it down.
2: <laughs> yes, Christopher Nolan ushered in that age, much like... Um, much like Brian Singer ushered in the age of comic book movies with X Men One in two thousand.
4: See, I don't think he ushered in, and I'm going to disagree with you uh, because I am very fond of the Blade trilogy. Yes, even the third one, which I know sucked, but guilty pleasure. Yeah. But one and two were freaking awesome, and uh, they I, were. And I even liked Spawn uh, before that. Shut your mouth! the guilty pleasure. I know. But it was a fun movie. There's been comic book movies. Look, Batman sure. 89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever somewhat. But we're going to talk about the fourth one in that because that's not needed sure, but, for this kind of conversation. Sure,
2: but, Angel, Angel, could I get you to at least agree that there were less comic book movies before X-Men than there are today? I just named a bunch. of superhero <laughs> movies that were produced... Have gone up since X uh, since X Men One. Oh, Let me of be the peacemaker
5: here. Let yeah, be course. the bridge. I think what Dylan means, and I think what is obvious, is that what X Men did is it certainly was the gate that laid the the path for the MCU.
2: Yes, and X Men X Men One X Men One told the general audiences after um, after Batman and Robin, which kind of tanked the superhero genre for a while. That uh, <laughs> yeah. X Men One x-men 1 told general audiences superhero movies can be cool they can be something that everyone can enjoy not just kids that's what x-men 1 did
5: and they can also be a carrier or a trojan horse for deeply philosophical issues yes
2: x-men x-men 1 uh, the x-men movies are a beautiful allegory
4: yes they are a
2: beautiful allegory
4: but yeah what did you say? What? What did you say Angel? For the for the uh, the alphabet community,
1: but
5: no, I mean yeah. So uh, we, that th- th- these are some of the things that we're kind of gleaning from stuff like this. As far as your your comments about the uh, terrorists, like I, I I know that I guess it's context based. Most of the mm-hmm. superhero movie yeah. genre is is the mcu so i know like in falcon and winter soldier the tier of heroes that you're dealing with they would be fighting terrorists but let's not forget thanos let's not forget loki let's not forget you know the game master let's not forget all the other there are still super villains i think it's just based off of which hero you're going to be looking over their shoulder with for whatever movie or whatever series yeah. At the time. yeah yeah,
2: yeah thor true, is true. not thor is not fighting terrorists captain america is
4: yeah Oh, yeah. I beg to differ. I, I think Waira Takiki, Takiki, whatever the director's <laughs> name is, uh, that terrorist at this point. Uh, I mean, have you guys seen what he's doing with uh, the next... Anyway. Yeah,
2: I, I have. It's going to be fucking awesome.
4: With Thor and Thunder, or Love and Thunder?
5: Thor,
2: <laughs> Love and Thunder, dude. That's, oh, a, that's too jam-packed. I, Jane, Jane, uh, Jane Thor, Zeus... Yeah, let's see Dude, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait.
4: The other thing I'm really looking forward to that is Christian Bale as Gore, the the God Butcher.
2: Oh, yeah, no, Christian Bale's
4: always great. He's going to knock that out of the park, which is funny because, you know, he was kind of pissed that he lost the Batman role to Ben Affleck. I don't know if you guys uh, caught that piece where they asked him about, you know, what he thought about not playing Batman anymore, and he goes, for now, I'm going to do some of best British Bale action here. He's like, for an hour, I just sat there. I I did not know really what to think about it, and I just reflected on it, and then it hit me that I'm no longer Batman. That's a really and bad accent,
2: Angel. Accident, that right? was a great French accent.
4: Yes, yes, and he's <laughs> Scottish or from Wales or he's a whale hunter. I don't know what he's from France. Yes, but anyway. Um, he, basically, the the gist is he was kind of like a little peeved, and now he's you know going to work for uh, Marvel, which I find that kind of like f- funny. And uh, they were even uh, I think DC was trying to bring him back for the Flashpoint movie with the Flash, which would be kind of cool actually. But you know they're like already have uh, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck in that, so I don't know how you know they're going to squeeze in Bale in there also. But I,
2: yeah I I I wasn't a huge fan of Bale as Batman um, I was I, uh, I, I liked yeah. Bale's Wayne but I never bought him as Batman um, it, credit to Christopher Nolan for making those movies good despite the fact that I thought the central character needed to be recast
4: <laughs> uh, well again we we agree to disagree cause, uh, yeah. to me I think Bale actually is the definitive Batman in fact my favorite Batman scene in any Batman movie is the uh, one in the The, uh, the Dark Knight when he's in the tower with all the po- the cops and his uh, he turns to, he has night vision on and he has the white eyes and it takes everybody down but doesn't kill anybody. That whole yeah. sequence it is in- I get goosebumps every time I see that. I, you
2: know,
4: I, I will
2: I, I will always stand by Ben Affleck as the definitive Batman for this. Mm.
4: Oh. Time, yeah. a- <laughs> You know, there was a commentator on YouTube that said, Ben Affleck being cast as Batman is like uh, getting your vagina like ripped off in Africa or some sure. Yeah, what oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Two. And that One was a woman who said something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <One laughs> I, 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 I kid you not. not
2: like
3: the other.
4: <laughs> and that's when the casting first was announced. And I was like, really? Could it be that bad? I mean, he was in Dogma. He can't be that bad. And then I remember, oh, yeah, but he did, uh, what was that movie? Uh Oh, yeah, Oh yeah! Daredevil, and that was garbage. And then, oh, yeah, Jersey Girl, and that was and no good either. He's done some stinkers, but I'll tell you this much. After watching, uh, you know, like his take on Batman, on uh, Batman v. Superman, and the, the Josh Wheaton League of America, and then the, the Snyder recut, uh, after seeing what he did as Batman... Yeah, he sucked, but he wasn't the worst thing in the uh, movies. (laughs) There was a whole lot of other problems uh, from uh, the the whole mustache gate on Henry Cavill in one movie. And uh, how did that happen? How how does reface on your phone get better, like you know, special effects than a three hundred million dollar movie? How does that happen? <laughs> Who knows, man?
2: Who knows? I don't know. I think the but,
4: TCU is a mess. They need to get yeah. their stuff together.
2: <laughs> oh, it is. It's an utter disaster. Um but hey, if they want to keep doing these Elseworld stories, mm. I I think that's actually the right direction for them to go. Uh I'm I'm hyped for Robert Pattinson's Batman. Um they're talking about doing a Calvin Ellis um no Superman,
4: no no no, which no we...
2: sounds awesome
4: it's not going to be kelvin ellis uh, let me stop you right there okay. in fact i got into it with uh another youtuber called Luis sentino who's a dumb uh, a complete dumbass and uh the reason i say that is because uh he has a show i was a guest on the show once and uh, i went on the show and it was all good you know i i, I behaved i know it's shocking and uh i i was nice I, I wasn't over the top or anything in fact i agreed with a lot of the stuff they were saying a couple of weeks later, I was told that they're actually rebooting Superman with a black Superman that is not from the comics. It's going to be a reboot of Kal-El, but as a black well, Kal-El. That Now, that is not
2: confirmed in either direction. Hold on, um, hold on, the... hold
4: on, let me, let me uh, tell you a story and then you can chime in. So anyway, so I went into another show he did and I was just sharing a report that, you know, that I was told. And this dude blasted me that it's not, it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, Calvin Ellis from the comics and this and that. And you're wrong. And, like, he went the full retard on me, guys. It was really funny. And I was like, dude, I was just, you know, telling you w- what I heard and what I was told. Now, fast forward. And, actually, uh, there's been a bunch of reports. If you go to comic book news and all these websites, uh, it's pretty much uh, even Superhero Hype, I think, confirmed it. Uh, a lot of these websites are confirming that uh, the narrative is, I think in uh, Coyote, Nochi, or whatever the, the writer's name is, is some uh, black uh, Tyn- actives.
2: Tynahasi
4: Yeah, I can never pronounce that name. It sounds like I'm sneezing. But anyway, uh, this uh, supposed person is writing a black version of Kaleo and the gist is that uh, this is a complete reboot, and uh, this is what J.J. J. Abrams is signing off on. And he's not directing this thing. They're getting another director to direct it with uh, the, the sneezing writer, Tahiki, whatever, Koshi.
2: Tainahasi coats.
4: Yeah, that guy. The guy Thanks. who wears coats. Uh, anyway, he's he's uh, he's butchering this story and just race-swapping for no reason. I want to see a, a, a Van Zod or a Val Zod or... Uh, Calvin Ellis' story from the comics. I'd love to see them adapt that. In fact, I think Man of Steel leaves an opening for that storyline. If you guys remember the the uh, ship that they find in the movie, there's an open pod that, that Superman comes across, and there's nobody in there. They could easily say that that's one of those uh, Kryptonians that got out, and he's been around just in hiding the whole time. And that could be Calvin Ellis. That could be Valzad, I mean, that could be uh, any of these dudes. From the comics, why does it have to be a reboot of kal well, You know, well,
2: well, let me assuage your fears. They haven't written the movie yet,
4: so who oh, knows who it's going to be? Well, These, no, yeah, the but reports the, the, the reports the,
2: the is reports that's that the narrative they're out, going in. So. The reports that have come out are from websites that also reported that Wolverine was going to be an Avengers Endgame, um, which because. He, if, because Thanos had three cuts on his face, uh, the websites generally aren't super reliable, in my experience. Um, I I hope they do Calvin Ellis. If they do a Black Kal okay. I, I'm curious to see what they do, but I would prefer Calvin Ellis because
5: uh, tell me a good story.
2: Yeah, tell me a good story. I don't care. You, you're doing an world. Tell me a good story. I don't care how how you tell it. If if your story, if Tiana Coates's story, and he's a great writer, decides black call is the way to go. Great. Black call is the way to go and let's see if it turns yeah. out well.
4: Well, what makes him a great writer? Like what has he written for me lately, Eddie?
2: What has he written for <laughs> you lately? I mean, yeah. Hold on, I need to make sure that I know who... I
4: uh-huh. sure See, this is, the- this is what it is with these uh, sure leftists, they use buzzwords me. and then they don't even know.
2: I, I need <laughs> to make sure I'm not attributing anything to him falsely. He actually wrote a really... Okay, I wanted to make sure that he wrote <laughs> Black Panther comic series that I enjoyed quite a bit.
4: Okay.
5: Magic Google button?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. I was doing the Google button. Type, type, type
5: all day long. Are we talking about Joseph <laughs> and his many coats, a black Superman, or what do we,
3: what? <laughs> <laughs> I just,
5: just want to go get a ticket one day with some popcorn. Yeah. And a Superman comes out brown. Uh, as long as he's, he's the avatar for a great story, I
2: don't care. Exactly. If he's the av- If he's the avatar for a great story, then great if it's a
4: bad movie then it's a bad movie it's a bad movie
2: yeah a bad movie is a bad movie whether it has a black cowl or not
4: yeah but here's the thing guys uh where does it stop and uh you know ta coates uh is known to uh, inject a lot of uh you know the gender and political stuff uh this race swapping is his idea You know, this is just stupid. Give us the comic book, you know, characters bring them to life. I don't care what color they are. Look, my favorite comic book movies of all times are the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes because it's new shit and it's not just a character flipped on his head giving me something that has not been what I grew up with. The thing is, what sells is nostalgia and new good stories. You give us a little bit of that, some good storylines and you get a blockbuster. Look, it's no secret why The Force Awakens did well at the box office, even though it's a weak movie. It did well well because it it took on a couple of things which people wanted it brought you back to star wars it was nostalgic it got you to have those feels again and it reintroduced you back to the galaxy far far away which we missed for you know a long time even though we you know a lot of us have come around and loved the prequels there's a lot of the fans that you know still like are like yeah we missed that feel from the originals because the prequels were still a little bit off visually from the originals and the force awakens was a little bit more connected in that kind of visual way so it brought us those you know emotions inside out you know you left us love talking about feelings and emotions so that's why i use those buzzwords but here's the thing Um uh, There's, you know, that's there's a disconnect here because what you're gonna do is now you're you're gonna completely you're pissing off a lot of fans with this swapping all the time, uh, pushing agendas down the line. I want to see good stories like Daniel. I want to see these characters fleshed out like you know everybody else. Uh, I want to see the characters from the comics brought to life whether they're white, black, uh, gay, straight. I don't care. I want to see the gay Green Lantern in a a big screen movie. Why not? That's that's a good storyline. Bring it on. There is a gay Green Lantern in the comics. Yeah, but don't just Yeah, don't just make, you know, how Jordan gay just to be gay. That's stupid. Give me how Jordan the way he's meant to be. Yeah. Give me Alan Scott the way he's meant to be. And let's have a storyline that actually fits what we grew up reading. Because then you just, you know, you're shitting on what's come before. And that's where I have a problem. You know, kal is meant to be kal There's a version of what he's supposed to look like. What he's supposed to be, you know, we have that ingrained in our minds. To a lot of us, Christopher Reeve is Superman. You know, that's the way—that's what it is. To a lot of people, Dean Kane is Superman. I don't know how that works, but hey, no we'll probably tell you. May, may I? Go may,
2: ahead. I, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because that—that's uh, not really my wheelhouse. But if I may, re-
4: but that makes a lot point, of sense. You got it.
2: Man. All of these comics, uh, comics are serialized stories that are not meant to continue beyond a certain run they're all else worlds you have the red sun series you have batman originally killing people in his first issues right Uh, characters change and evolve and i personally don't see anything wrong with a movie deciding for our story this superman or this spider-man or this batman needs to look like this or maybe they don't need to look like this maybe and maybe a black actor was just best for the part or a white actor was best for the part or they're not even
4: additioning anybody bro you know who like the uh, first person there they're like automatically just spewed out michael b jordan because like you have michael to have b. jordan he has to have b. him jordan in everything Brilliant actor i i agree I love Creed 1 and 2. He's, he's phenomenal. But do we have to have him in everything? There's a lot of other good black actors. Why do you need one guy in like every freaking movie? Oh, you know, Let's get somebody oh, else a break. And
2: Michael B. Jor- Michael B. Jordan shot down that casting and said he's not interested. Because he's a smart
4: no. man. Because he knows the yeah. backlash is going to be ridiculous. I mean, listen, if they do the kal storyline, no matter who they pick, that is black is going to feel a backlash, unfortunately, which is going to be bad in the movies of the Tank. If they do a Calvin Ellis or a Valzad or something like that, it'll be accepted because the comic book audience wants to see those stories. So it's very uh-huh. simple. You're you're a writer, right? Not a hickey hockey, scoopy writer, whatever his name is, that writer. Uh-huh. Ta coats yeah Tana coats there look I said it that guy uh you know the, the son of a chew anyway uh this guy uh, if he wants to write a Superman story by all means do it you want to give it a black Superman by all means do it but give the audience the fans that came before you because he's younger than me okay so I think as a fan Well, of Superman for 35 years. I've been, you know, a fan longer than he's been on this earth. Give me a little bit... Give me some... Come on, guy. Come on. At least come on you, you you know the thing just give me a break with this uh virtual like nonsense uh virtual swapping of mm. you know just give me the stories from the comics adapt them to your movie make it good and i'll love to support it but when you're like just it's slapping you in the face by saying yeah you know kal-el everything you've ever known forget that you know this is the new rebooted kal-el that's, you know, that pushed me, out. that's why, like, we saw with Star Wars, what, what's the one thing a lot of fans are pissed off by the the extended universe, right? A lot of the Star Wars fans are like, how dare they th- say the whole extended universe from the last 40 years is non-canon now, and now the, the only the Disney stuff is canon, right? That pissed a lot of fans off, look how the, the demographics of the box office have gone for Star Wars since uh, that started happening. I mean, they've they've are, let's just say they're in a crisis in a galaxy far, far away with the fans also. So, you know, you got to understand sometimes the fans are speaking and the, these Hollywood companies are not paying attention, and that's where they're failing. I mean, well,
5: you oh. vote with your dollars, but with the way yeah. I look at it, you know, that's I, happening. I, I, grew, I learned. I learned how to read, you know, reading comic books, so I'm a fan too, but the way I look at the way that they're doing, you know, the, the cinematic versions is like this, I apply I-D-I-C, infinite diversity and infinite combinations, what drew me to comic books to begin with was the diversity and the malleability of what is canon and what is not canon and what's real and what's not, so at the end of the day, it always is going to come down to story, I mean, if they handed it off, they pitched it to this writer, uh, Joseph and these coats, or whatever, uh, and like he god bless you as, as a writer i mean yeah i understand that there there's some agendas and politics in hollywood but it's ultimately going to come down to the writer but if the writer if he gets that inspiration to tap into the story that he's being asked to write and one of the stipulations is hey make him a black guy and that's what he's got to go on you know i well, get it can
2: you know? can i also can i also say there was something that you said that i Fundamentally disagree with, and that's adapt to the stories from the comics, and I'll happily support it. Comic books are never meant to be a restrictive outline that you use. You should not be limited by what comics have done before. That defeats the entire purpose of the oh, medium. Oh, med- I'm you know, not saying the that exactly. There,
4: no, but I'm not saying yeah. that exactly. What I what, what, what I'm what I'm implying what is, is what take- you're
5: saying is they shouldn't be using our. Uh, sacred texts to push their agenda or push box office results by targeting demographics.
4: Correct. If you want anyway, if you wanna, I think if, that's uh, a fair uh, Perspective. to it, have. That's I, that's I a, that's much agree. better said, but that's pretty much what I'm. I'm. I'm in, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, look, it's very basic. I don't. I don't mind. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that it's, it's. They they can't do it or shouldn't do it. I want to see a black Superman. I've been wanting to see that for the last 20 years. But my thing is, don't just change for change's sake. You know, when no, I say absolutely. adapt from the comics, I'm saying, all right, we have a black Superman character you know fit them to a modern day take of what your story is and let's see what you can do with that character i want to see that happen like i don't want to see them just retell the blade trilogy with the reboot that's happening just you don't know, have the same exact thing happen again i want to see the new blade have his own life and i want to see what they do with that character that's my favorite comic book character of all times by the way so i want to see what the new guy has to, you know in play for the character like the same thing when i want to see men of steel I went in with open eyes and open mind saying, I want to see what Henry Cavill has for Superman. Uh, you know, Brandon Routh, I think, got the shit end of a, of a horse stick because, you know, he was literally asked uh, to be like uh, Christopher Reeve. He was like, here, you know, you get to be Christopher Reeve and you get to throw no punches and you get beat up by uh, Lex Luthor.
2: Good job. His super his Superman movie is a brilliant character study and a god Awful, boring Superman movie. That's but the bad part. On, as a script, I actually think it's really quite intelligent and oh, it, God, it's don't get a movie that. that I've considered covering on my show quite a few times. Yeah. I, I think that movie is profoundly thoughtful.
4: You know that I'm I don't know if you, I've told you this before, uh, Dylan, but I got into it with Dan Harris, one of the writers of uh, that movie. Like literally, like yeah. I'm talking about like we had a, a situation where it almost became legal okay well and that's not good <laughs> <laughs> well here's a, this is how this happened uh, a friend of mine uh and i saw the uh the original photo of brandon ralph in that god awful superman suit and he has the look of superman but that suit was terrible he has stripper boots and the the, the horrible red and the colors just off and we made some comments to each other which was funny and uh, another friend of mine who, uh, like was Ron said, Hey, I know Dan, uh, Dan Harris. He's one of the writers. And then, and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, I can get you his info. Uh, if you guys really feel that strongly about it. There's a uh, stuff online about how people are mad about this, you know, movie being a continuation to Christopher Reeves. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm pissed because I don't want to see that. I want to see something new. Give me, they'll just, you know, to the red over something that I loved. And, uh, and sure enough, he gave me the contact info, even gave me the original script of Superman Returns while it was still in production. And when I read it, it checked out, I'm not even kidding. And uh, I got the, uh, the email for Dan Harris, and I wrote him a, kind of a nasty email, I'm not going to lie. And he replied back. We went back and forth several times, and I even uh, told them I've read your script and it sucks. And I, you know, pinpointed stuff that I didn't like, like the whole Superboy stuff, you know, with the little kid, his son, throwing the piano. That was in the script uh, that I read, and I told them that's stupid. And you know, you don't make any other references, and you know, you guys are gonna like, you know, butcher this. And there's really no fighting for Superboy. What's going on with this? There's no action. Uh, In this movie, you're doing a Superman movie where he doesn't have any action. That's going to backfire. And we went back and forth. I'm not kidding. We went back and forth a few times. And I, you know, accidentally, maybe purposely, shared uh, the information with a website called thekryptonian.com. And um, you could actually, uh, I think you could do like one of those web searches where you go back in time, the time machine thing. And you can see yeah, the yeah way back, and you're gonna be, probably even find uh what they did these bastard uh the bastards on the website uh posted what I sent them, which was a, a visual of my conversation with dan Harris. and they they did it on a way to like on a forum on a way to try, try, try to see if Dan Harris would reply right, sure enough he did, and it was and he uh, pretty much said that yeah, that was an authentic conversation, it was meant to be private and uh, it became a legal matter. They had to take the thing down because he didn't approve of them posting it, and it became really ugly. And then, like, I had to, like, you know, remove that account from the uh, the website, and eventually that website went offline, and that was part of the reason.
5: So, uh, what you're saying is um, you don't like Dan Harris?
4: Well, it's ironic he hasn't worked uh, much in Hollywood since that movie, mm, Dan Harris. He's just exactly- this executive order
2: broke out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> A lot of
5: executive order Cheerios. Mm-hmm. So are Trump supporters. Um.
4: Hey, anyway, look, man. Twenty twenty four. Orange Mint's <laughs> back. All I'm saying is, I actually agree with that. Yeah, because uh, it's getting pretty ugly right now with Biden. Uh, but uh, check this out. Uh, no, no politics tonight. Let's uh, let's keep on the narrative because I like bashing Dan Harris. Uh, but. In my history with uh, Superman, I feel bad for Brandon Routh because I I I don't know if you guys caught the Crisis on Infinite Earth on TV, where he played the kind of like the Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come Superman. I always love that Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually was really good, and I'm like, why don't they like give him another shot, like you know HBO Max or something like that? What do you guys think of that?
2: Give me a good story and I'll I'll support it. I mean, I like the Kingdom Come Superman. Uh, I'd watch it if they did it. Um, I don't know that they necessarily need to go back to it. I don't know that they necessarily need to keep going back to the Superman well. Um, I'm very excited for
4: the static shock
2: show that they're doing that looks I'm cool i'm very excited yeah. for the green lantern show that they're doing now which so, green lantern is going to
4: be on the show good. is it Hal jordan or alan scott or it's or... going to be all
2: it's going to be all of them alan scott Hal jordan john stewart uh guy gardner kyle rayner
4: nice um now is it true or false are they actually casting this with the cast from Queer Eye for a straight guy I don't think they are. Wait, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> but regardless, because um, this is uh, Warner Brothers, and if you guys have you seen the stuff they put on TV right now with the, like Supergirl, like the whole show's about like transgender people. Like, why does Brainiac need a transgender girlfriend?
2: I actually. <laughs> Okay, I don't <laughs> love Supergirl, but I thought Supergirl
4: was fine. The first season, and then like, then they introduced like six foot five Jimmy Olsen who could bench press Superman, and five foot three Superman who could bench press nobody uh later on and and look he's actually doing pretty good on uh, the lois and superman show or superman and lois yeah
2: that's a good show yeah that's that's a very good
4: show i I was surprised because i was like this tyler guy i don't know man like he's shrimpy looking like when he came out uh, on the uh show and they had brandon ralph and tom welling sitting next to the guy like you can see how small he is compared to the other two guys they tower over him i'm like ugly you know like the way they tower over him yeah, like, I think he's, like, the shortest guy and skinniest to ever play Superman. But the show is really good. The writers on it have been phenomenally well put together on that show. And uh, they've, mm-hmm. they've nailed it. And I love the girl place plays Lois Lane. She is awesome. Um, Yeah. No, I, I love that show.
2: Um, yeah,
5: you guys can keep all that DCU extended stuff.
2: <laughs> that's fine, yeah. Um, but we do have, um, we've been talking about, um a lot of different stuff on the podcast and we're going to keep diversifying what we talk about, but we're trying to keep this season really contained to the mental health stuff. Ah.
5: Yeah. And uh, we want to let you know, I think we, uh, we posted in your groups earlier uh, Mm -hmm. because we're in season two. Now we're going to start syndicating like the first year, me and Dylan were just putting a lot of material together and we kind of hid in our little corner. So now we're actually going to be on, you know, all the, all the stuff, the iTunes, the Stitcher.
2: The uh, you know <laughs> Spotify yeah. and all yeah and all that we didn't want to we didn't want to come out of the gate um, on all these different platforms with no content
5: yeah so we're about to do that now I think you're the first show that we're doing since before we syndicate but uh, to kind of give us a boost we're actually doing a cannabis giveaway did you see that Angel
4: uh, no but if you give me the link again I will definitely see it if it's a giveaway hell yeah.
5: Yeah, so basically, guys, this is what we're doing. You can go to zenonthecard.com, dot right? And on the menu, you will see uh, the cannabis giveaway, which will give you the rules and uh, all that good stuff. Basically, you can get uh, a welcome kit from the Cannabis Apothecary, which is basically four hundred and twenty dollars. So you get to pick your medicine,
3: cool. medical
5: cannabis. We also we just started uh, providing medical uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, so, we're really excited about that. Uh, when I made the announcement last month, they, the, the psilocybin mushrooms that we have just started flying off the shelves. So, basically, we're doing a contest to kind of boost up our subscribers. And uh, when we start to syndicate, so just go to can, uh, zenonthecar.com, click on cannabis giveaway to get the rules. It's real, real simple. Well, all you have to do to enter is one, you got to be 21, clearly. Uh, yes. Two, you just you subscribe to Zen on the Car. When, uh, and all the social media doodads. So, like, if you subscribe to Zen in the car, your name right. goes in the hat. Okay. If you subscribe to Zen in the car and the YouTube channel, your name goes in the hat twice. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, the website, the Facebook page, et cetera, et cetera, that's how you increase your odds of winning. So, what we're going to do is
4: uh, on – And then, month, and June? if you forget to subscribe to everything, is because the cannabis is really good because, you know.
5: <laughs> well, you got to subscribe before you can find out. Right. Yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, uh, next month on the 6th of uh, June, we will literally take all the subscribers, put them in a hat, and uh, at random, we will pull it out. And you will be contacted by whatever platform you subscribed on and we pulled from. Uh, and I'll give you a call and let you get into the apothecary which is an online kind of like a dispensary but it's not you get to select your medicine anything from medical flower uh if you like vape cartridges we provide those we have edibles we have topicals we have uh, everything you can imagine man it's insane how much how how many intake methods of medical cannabis you can actually get nowadays especially if you're on our coast but uh this is very much in line with our theme for this season which is wellness mental wellness emotional wellness um, you know, can, the reason I'm a, a huge part of cannabis is because I've, I'm just an advocate for people living well, as well as they can. You know, mm-hmm. I empathize with people who are suffering from a myriad of different things. And I know that cannabis and plant based medicine has a profound effect on people for the better. And in addition to, you know, going to talk therapy and things like that, uh, cannabis and plant based medicine allows a person to take that moment in life to stand on a plateau and get their stuff together. It's not an end-all be-all. I've never said that, but the research is everywhere. All of us know it, how, how wonderful cannabis is to alleviate things like depression and anxiety and uh, uh, even physical ailments. You know, we have a lot of uh, patients in our collective with arthritis or cancer, or you just name it, and people are doctors they don't have access to it, and cannabis has been glaucoma. providing that access. Yeah, glaucoma. I mean, that's the old school thing.
4: (laughs) Actually, I have a a quick question from uh, one of our chats here uh, from Pedro out in the uh, Lone Star State. Uh, He wants to know if you guys service uh, his state and uh, how are the restrictions uh, for him to uh, get hooked up with you guys.
5: We service all 50 states, and now we also service uh, uh, North or South Korea and Puerto Rico. So oh, it does cool. not matter what state you reside in; we will provide you cannabis lawfully where you're at. Um, and for people who are concerned about any legal issues, uh, we also have the Canisius Foundation, which is a five hundred one c three mutual benefit uh, that provides what's called a legal defense. So if you come under scrutiny by the state, we actually uh, swoop in and we'll help you with your your legal assistance. We've never really had to use it except for twice that I'm that I know of. I myself was the first to ever use it just to pick a fight with my state. But to answer your your chatterer's question, it doesn't matter if you're in Texas or if you're in California or you're in New Jersey, New York, or Florida. uh, This medicine is accessible to you and your loved ones and has been since 2015, since the foundation started. Um, And in addition to the giveaway, what we'll also do is enroll you in our affiliate program. So all you guys who are hurting from all this stuff with COVID, you could be making some passive income. How do you do that? Well, I mean, you... If you're passionate about cannabis, you're, you're passionate about helping other people get access to it, uh, we pay you monthly earnings based off of your referrals. It's that simple. So it's a win-win. Now, some people, when, they, when I explain the affiliate program, they go, oh, it's a pyramid thing. It's like, do you not understand how this works? We started this for veterans on fixed incomes and seniors on fixed incomes so that if they had seven war buddies they could refer – uh, they bring their seven war buddies in underneath them, and then they get a check every month to at least get their medicine for free. However, since cannabis is the the largest growing industry in the world, you can make a living doing this if you're really yeah. passionate about it. Yeah, that's true. So, so I think this is a win-win for everybody. One, it gives us dopamine, me and Dylan. We like to see the likes. Mm-hmm. We like to see the subscriptions right before syndication. And yes. uh, it's going to help you out because you get $420 worth of medicine out of the apothecary be it the welcome kits that are pre-configured or what you select or psilocybin uh so everybody wins man um so go check out com. click on the cannabis giveaway there is a live chat feature in the bottom right hand corner if you got any questions you want to talk to me personally about it ask any questions we don't get to on the air feel free to do that somebody will answer you and uh good luck no. also uh, Well,
4: go ahead. I have a technical question for you on the uh, the 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 product, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'll ask you. Sure.
5: But the second thing is, is we also like more dopamine. So, uh, as a as a door prize, uh, if we happen to see in any of our videos on the YouTube channel any interesting, introspective, or just funny comments, uh, you're also eligible for a door prize. I haven't quite decided what it'll be. It might be a quarter of flower or something like that. Uh, but the big thing is make sure you subscribe to Zen in the Car, all of our social media doodads, and then uh, wait anxiously for me to
2: give you a call on the 6th of next month to yeah. tell you that you've got some free medicine coming. And even if you don't receive a phone call for some free medicine, <laughs> you get to hear us talk more. Yeah. There you and go. I, I think that's just a win, 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 win. It's a win, win, win. And, and, it, you
4: drive. and if you follow them, you'll get back to me somehow, and it's a win for me also. Um because you know, since, it, since they're on my show now, like the algorithms go. If you look them up, I'm going to show up somewhere on Google. Thank you, Google. Uh, but here, here's what was that
2: technical question?
4: Uh, yeah, I'll get back to that. Uh, here's the thing uh, for those who are you know trying to get with uh, the program and they, they sign up, how quickly do they hear back from you guys? Because I've gotten this before when you guys were on um is it like the next day or do they have to wait a few days uh, how quickly are they going to get a return uh phone call It would be phone call or email what's the other standard uh, oh, okay. operating procedure if, on that
5: i mean if if your listeners want to go ahead and, and jump the gun and 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 join the collective uh basically you go to go to zenonthecar.com go through the cannabis giveaway through the links right there um and you can go ahead and fill out a sponsorship form for Cannabis sense all you have to do is upload a photo id that shows you're over 21. Okay. Uh, typically we say give us 24 hours to email you back it doesn't take that long it typically takes 20 minutes you'll get a, a temporary password and a welcome email just welcoming you into the collective uh and take yeah typically once you you fill out your sponsorship form that's within 20 minutes to an hour but as far as this contest goes uh it'll be next month it'll be the 6th of june before before we select the winner
4: very good i wanted to make sure we had a you know a a nice answer to make sure everybody understood that yeah and another thing
5: dude for any of our college students out there or graduate students, if you're a graduate student or you're in college, uh, the CannaSense Foundation is now mm-hmm. doing $10,000 in scholarships. So uh, if you go to com and click on uh, scholarships, uh, it'll give you the rules. This this month is uh, art. Cool. So if you're art, if you paint, if you do sculptures, if you do anything like that, you can enter our scholarship program, and you might get $10,000 paid to your tuition. There so, you go. Good time. i Good time. So yeah, yeah Angel, we got to get you into the collective, and uh, what we're hoping to do is do the cannabis giveaway every month. I'm going to see how it goes this month. Um, so we want to give a give oh, Zen in the car a
2: the, lot the Yeah, I
5: know, right? We want to give the the podcast when they start syndicating a nice boost. We want to introduce our material that we've been. Crafting for the past year and some change on YouTube and the website out to people. And the best way to do that is, you know, we want people to laugh. We want people to be well. We want people to find their place of peace and zen any way they can. And cannabis is a great
4: way to start. So I want to yeah. give some free away. Yeah. Well, can we do this also for my listeners and uh, viewers? If they contact you guys uh, because they heard you on our show here, uh, make sure you mention our show so you know they're coming your way through us. Uh, just uh, like uh, like say uh, mention uh, the jackal's head or something like that. The big head, the big big yeah. head jackal. Yeah, me Yeah,
5: make sure <laughs> make sure you say you heard it on uh, inside the jackal's head, and uh, typically, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll the the administration staff will know where to place you
2: because we yeah. you, we also you'll we, have to direct all your angry messages about yes. me to
4: Daniel. Um, yes, yes. I, do not, I do not have any
2: access to kind of sense at all, so any angry messages have to be relayed through him.
4: <laughs> and for my Spanish speakers, make sure you say, La Cabeza de El Jackal.
5: Yeah, let me grab these executive orders real
2: quick. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah,
5: so check it out, man, and uh, you guys just go smash oh. a bunch of subscription buttons and like buttons and... Listen Sing to a few it. cool podcasts and leave your comments, man. You might get some free
4: cannabis. You never know. Very Daniel, thin.
2: the the executive order bowl was a really good idea. I'm going to have to bring that next
4: time. You guys are should patent that. You guys should patent that and actually make mm. that happen. It's a, it's, I mean, look, by the time the four years are up, we're going to probably be like at 1,000 executive orders. So. You
2: know, uh, that's a lot
4: of cheerios. Mm. That is a lot of cheerios. And, and it's, it's <laughs> going to be a lot of not winning for the next 3 years. My god. It's only going to get worse, gentlemen, and and worse and and here's the bad part, if he somehow croaks or gets taken out and I'm not going to get oh. too political, this is what we have to look forward to. Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi as yes. See, <laughs> this
2: right. is another. This is another thing that we try to do. Um, we're not. I might be a bit of a cynic, but I'm not a pessimist. Um, <laughs> we will. We. I, I can't speak for Daniel, but I definitely don't think things are going to get worse.
4: <laughs> well, when you're looking down at a pits of hell, you know they how much worse going to get. Us? You know, I guess. You know, I. <laughs> I
5: my opinion is this is.
4: I think that we're due for a global reset
5: on a conscious level. Whether that's going to, you know, we did a uh, a show not too long ago, Angel, where mm. me and Sabrina went to the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, nice. And uh, we evaluated what our thoughts are uh, on the Georgia Guidestones. So you can listen to that at zenithcar.com. We actually went, we didn't watch an Alex Jones video of it.
4: Hey, we, we went to the. Why do you shout out Mr. Jones? Mr. Jones huh. and
2: me. Jones leaves the cheap shots wide open. <laughs>
4: well, it, that, that was just true. But continue.
5: Yeah. So we actually went. I mean, there's a bunch of hype about the Georgia Guidestones and all that. So I wanted to go see. So we went on Easter morning to watch the sun come up and I uh, just wanted to get a vibe. So we did a podcast on that one. But one of the themes that was in that podcast was just like whoever put those there, they knew a lot and they had a lot of money and resources and basically what they're saying is that some outside cataclysmic force is going to just do what it does every 13,000 years of this planet. So can it get any worse? I mean, it always gets it worse. It always
2: can it gets better. get worse. It always can get worse. It's always a question of whether it will. And I, I choose yeah. to be the weird eternal optimist in the room uh, who always thinks that despite humanity's um, best general attempts, best ineptitude. Attempts. Best ineptitude, attempts. At they the will. World. Uh, humanity will eventually find the right answer.
4: Yeah. I will. I, I just want I just want a zombie apocalypse, guys. That's all right. I
2: want. You have that if you live in a neighborhood
5: that has meth heads. That's for sure. But I. Well, I'll this plant is my true. In, yeah. I plant my flag in this, and it's that. Yeah, things can look grim. I mean, that's one of the things me and Dylan are trying to provide people is a window to look out of, where things aren't blowing up.
3: What <laughs> I do know, and
5: what what I've seen and experienced through my entire life, is that ultimately, it may sound sappy, but it's the truth. Good always prevails over
4: evil in the end. Yeah. I if you want to stay away from that, then don't look at what's going on in Israel right now. Jesus.
5: I, I would really like to have that discussion, but I think we're out of time, ain't we?
4: <laughs> oh yeah! How convenient! Oh, <laughs> uh, got, wow, what a shame! I,
2: I really wanted to get into. I would really deeply uh... complex geopolitics.
4: <laughs> 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 See, folks, that's what happens when you uh, go down that rabbit hole. Now, look I... seriously, uh, guys. It actually uh, we are out of time, unfortunately. Uh, but it's uh, it has been a blast. Uh, we have to have you two back on. The dynamic duo of Zen in the Car. You should make t-shirts on it. Yeah, dynamic duo. You should make a t-shirt or two out of that. I'd worry. We got it.
3: merch. We got merch.
4: We got merch. Oh yeah, we,
3: we you got yeah, underwear got for the kids. What
4: for you, what's, your, what's your merch store? Give it to the kids.
5: Oh, we hadn't done the store yet. We got some pimp tight uh, hoodies that that have been uh, done as prototypes, and I have a. a, a what do you call it? I don't know if you call it an agency or an outfit. I don't know. Uh, I got these guys who make other merch. They're going to be doing a lot of T-shirts, so we're going to be putting some T-shirts up and mugs and candles. We're actually going to be selling Zen in the Car candles. Yeah, it won't smell like my vagina. To well, that's bread. good. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so in other words, you got T Public or Teespring, one of those two websites doing <laughs> the shit for you. <laughs> that's what I use. No, I actually know these
1: people, so.
5: Yeah, we're gonna be having merch and t shirts and things. So we'll we'll put that on the list. The dynamic duos in on the
4: car. There you go, you could have that one. I'll let you use that one. Oh, thank you, now, you thanks like for a... having
5: us on man and we hope everybody goes and subscribes and gets some free medicine man we we appreciate you having us on as always and we'd love to yeah. come back on later and bust your balls about Trump a little bit more oh, yeah. gonna,
4: you're going to have three years of having fun with me on that uh, but if you guys start making money on that uh, that little quote there I want, I want in on it later on mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. if, you guys are awesome and thanks for being here uh, that's all the time we do have uh, for the uh, big show here inside the jackal's head for all my uh, viewers and listeners, thank you for spending your time with us on PSN Radio, Soulflow Radio, D Live, YouTube, the whole nine yards. It is what it is. The end of the night. I'll see you all on Sunday at 10 p.m. right here on the show once again. Following whatever the hell's on before i, I don't even know it's on Sunday. Man. Just, just be there. Peace. Later. Stay well later.